Panchito Ojeda, joined alongside me is John Murray. John, how you doing, man? Doing good. How you doing? It's great. Couldn't be better. It's a little late. We're recording a little late tonight. <laughs> Usually we record a little bit earlier than this. We're we're punch late. It's it's really not it's not that late. Yeah, anytime after five p.m. it's bedtime, you know. So <laughs> I got, got that old man time. Yeah, I got my cane ready to go. So it's uh, but no, it's great, man. It's uh, what a hell of a weekend, right? Lots of lacrosse. Yeah, it was There's awesome. Lacrosse all day Saturday, all day Sunday. I mean, did you do anything but sit on the couch? Uh, I mean, yes, I I I got off the couch a little bit, but yeah, the first first half of the morning out here on the West Coast was wake up and turn on that um, Big Ten lacrosse. Hopkins in uh, Ohio State, awesome. I'm very glad that was not on the Big Ten Network because I do not have that this year. I might have to purchase it though, because with Big Ten just playing Big Ten teams, like, gotta see those games. Yeah, a very auspicious start for Hopkins and new head coach Pete Milliman. Uh, You know, no fall ball for those guys, and then they had to pause team activities, and it looked like they had to pause team activities and no fall ball. Um, You know, I feel bad for coach. It's a tough way to start your career at Hopkins, but yeah, you you knew what you signed up for. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, at a certain point, it falls on the players. You got to be ready. Like you, you knew you were going to play eventually. It's not like it, the Ivy League was kind of up in the air. I mean, Big Ten was playing football. You had Ohio State in the national championship. Like they're going to play. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think it was very telling um, that they just didn't look ready. I, I was bummed. I, I, like I said on the last week's show, I thought I thought Hopkins was a goalie away, and that curse curse yeah. would play well. It was. He, I thought he did play well. I don't think it was well, on the goalie. No, no, Kershaw played great, but I mean, it just you. The Hopkins are terrible. They were throwing the ball away. Or <laughs> How much does that suck for him though? And like, that's the team you just transferred from. You play them game one, and they shell you in the yeah. first half. Yeah, it was it was tough, but you know, uh, credit to Hopkins. They didn't they didn't give up. They didn't quit. They didn't stop fighting, and <laughs> they kind of hung around, if you will. Um, I don't know if that's a result of Hopkins or if it's more a result of the fact that, uh, you know, Ohio State is not built to win games by 10, 12, 14 goals. I mean, they're a grinder team. But I really think the goalie kept them in that game. Like, that could have got ugly. I think Ohio State missed a few shots, and there were some big saves. Like, like don't don't let the box score fool you that that was a close game. It was not. No. It was not. No. No, it was it was it was fourteen eight, but felt more like a seventeen to four type of game. Yeah. So uh, that's awesome. Well, uh, that wasn't even the best game of the weekend, in my opinion. Best mm-hmm. game of the weekend was played on Sunday at noon, uh, and it featured Army versus Syracuse. You know, I picked Army last week to win the game against UVA, and I was just a week early on my pick because the Black Knights are legit. Yeah, I mean, I think like if you watch that uh, UVA army game like you saw like this army team like obviously i i think we've both in agreement U- uva is one of the top two most talented teams in the country but i think they caught syracuse on an off night and you just they beat them like it was it was good across i was able to catch some of the game yeah you know I, i'll disagree with you a little bit i don't think it was an off night for syracuse i just think army's that good i, I think syracuse is, is loaded but they have uh 
you know, it's their first game and they, they got off to a hot start. And I think that sort of uh, mm-hmm. put a lot of wind in their sails. But then as soon as things sort of had some hiccups, they struggled to deal with that adversity. And Army, having been through that the previous week, figured out a way to move forward. I, I also thought the Army goalie played really well. He made some big saves. Mm-hmm. Whereas the uh, Syracuse goalie, Drake Porter, I mean, he played fine, but he was like goal step goals. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, he didn't have much of a chance, but he also didn't have many of those moments where he changed the momentum of the game. And that was, uh, that was unfortunate for so Syracuse. Do you think Army's going to ride this? Do you think they're going to go on a little bit of run? I think Army is a team that's outside the big ACC schools that can make a run to the Final Four weekend. They're, yes. they're uh, pa- are they Patriot League? Army? They're Patriot League, yeah, yeah. So you think they can them and like Loyola probably give them a run for their money? Yeah, I mean, I think Loyola said toe toe with UVA. We can talk about that game a little bit, but mm-hmm. I mean, obviously they're they're legit too. I I think what we're finding out is that there are some teams that don't have the name recognition that the ACC schools do, but they're good teams. And I think Army is one of those teams. So I, I would expect to see them in the, the final eight and, you know, potentially yeah. making a run at final four weekend. Yeah. But, and every, everything I've been hearing is like, you do, just don't want to play a service academy early on in the season. Cause those guys come in shape. Like they are ready physically to play the game. And yeah. So it's, it's tough when they're actually like super talented. Like this army team is like, they have some, they got some studs, and that uh, one-two connection they got on attack is fun to watch. Yeah, you know, Quint made an interesting observation on his podcast with Terry Foy, the Quick Restart podcast, uh, about how Syracuse is all top-down dodging, and and all these other teams that are doing really well, UNC, Duke, Army, UVA even, they all have a, some sort of ex-attackman that can quarterback the offense. And he wondered if that might have been some of the hiccups for Syracuse, just not having that. Yeah, that I mean, they, they were they were short sticking Chase Camlin at attack. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a huge problem for Syracuse, right? This is where this is where Syracuse is going to have to figure this out. Like, if if Chase Camlin can't beat a shorty, that's a problem. That's and, a huge red flag. Yeah, and I think if this you're, is. If you're wearing the number 22 and playing attack at Syracuse and you can't beat a short stick, that's problematic. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, Chase Scanlon, you know, Coach Desco is very high on him and said that he thought he's worked on his dodging game, but I didn't see it against Army. You know, we'll see if he shows it in in future games, but it's definitely a concern. But yeah, you got to imagine he's going to see this for the next few games. Other teams are going to throw this at him until he proves he could beat them. I mean, I still think ultimately for Syracuse, this is this is simple, right? Like you have the three best midfielders in the country, in 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 terms of a, a full line, right? Dordovic, Curry, and Tremboli. Uh, you just keep going with that top down approach. It's fine. Let your attack be the finishers. Yeah, it's kind of a throwback to old style lacrosse. Yeah, know? I mean, I still think like defense was their biggest problem. I mean, uh, like eleven goals isn't well. They, did they? Yeah, they scored eleven. It's not. It's not great. Uh, but it's not terrible. I mean, you could win scoring 11 goals, but giving up 18, you're not going to win a lot of games. Yeah, I mean, I think that later in the game, they they sort of – I don't want to say they quit because they didn't quit. They just – you know when you get into a game and you kind of know mm-hmm. where it's at, that's – things are sort of going Army's way. I mean, the last – one of the later goals was 
just filthy. Yeah, padded the stats. Yeah, it's just one of those moments where you're like, wow, this is just Army's day. So nothing to take away from them. But uh, that was probably the upset of the weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that the game of the weekend, though, might have been Georgetown absolutely laying the, the thunder on uh, on Villanova. Yeah. Um, you know, I made a note here. They beat them down, and kid down is all caps. Yeah. I mean, Villanova just got absolutely bludgeoned. I mean, yeah, 16 to 1, you, you just don't – you don't see that in the college game. Like, that's, no. that, that's like a high school box score, 16 to 1. Right, and that's the best team in the country versus one of the worst, right? So – yeah. Uh, you know who knows Georgetown I think maybe just had a good day and well Jake Carraway had a good <laughs> had a good day eight goals yeah. did you did you see that um someone posted on Instagram like their top five Toroton uh players yeah. and he was on the list and he liked the comment like the same day and then went out there and scored eight goals that's uh that's a good that's a good day yeah uh yeah so I, th- I thought Georgetown you know, they, they're going to need to repeat that performance, but certainly speaks highly for them. And I mean, the Big East, right? Like, started 1 0, Georgetown. It's a good day. Yeah. I mean, Denver, like, we all thought they'd be this powerhouse team, but they haven't, haven't looked apart yet. So it's open. Yeah. I, well, I think Georgetown's under coach Warren has really played well. They have a good energy and a good fight. So, I think they're going to be pretty good. And, and obviously, the winner of Villanova sort of opens the eyeballs like, Ooh, maybe they are. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Uh, let's let's hit the other games that we picked this week. You know, uh, I had a great week. I went one and five. Uh, one of my best weeks in the year. Yeah. And you six went and six out. and out. I went yeah, six we, and out for those who were keeping count. We saw that. You went six and out. You went all chalk. No risk. No, no, oh, no, no. I had some upsets. I had some upsets. Let's talk about the next one, the next game. Next yeah, game. Let's, Let's talk about the next game. We'll talk about Rutgers, Penn State. Uh, I did not get to watch this game, so I really have no comments other than the fact that, uh, you know, the Scarlet Knights get a get a dub. Yeah. I mean, I can talk a little bit from the Rutgers side. Obviously, being a Jersey Jersey guy, I was pulling for the home team, um, especially having um, a relationship with the Curse Brothers, who transferred over and balled for Rutgers. Um, I've been a pretty big Connor Curse stand, as he's one of the best midfielders in the country. Um, he can do it all, and he he carried this Rutgers team. I mean, three goals, four assists, it's huge. Um, and then I was pumped to see Colin Curse get the start in net, fifteen saves against Penn State. That's that's big. I mean, you you, you need that for an upset win like that. I also found out how old Rutgers is. Have you seen the age of some of these guys on this team? No, they're like forty. <laughs> Sean Mabedes is like twenty five. Connor Curse is like twenty four. You got a few twenty three year olds. I was like, oh, oh my wow. God, this is this is a, a men's league team playing well, out there. You know, you're knowing that, actually, I might pick them to win more games because they, they're they going to have some of the like, old man strength. <laughs> yeah, starts to kick in. Mid-20s, you get that old man strength. Yeah, you also can't run up and down the field you know, um, more, than, more than twice. But yeah, but. I mean, I think, I think this was um, a little bit of an emotional game for uh, the Rutgers team, the Curse family, with their – Dad playing for Rutgers. It's his alma mater. It's part of the reason they came back. Um, home game. So I think like the stars kind of aligned and they kind of call it a Penn State game team who's trying to figure out their identity post statement. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think Penn State's going to end up being fine. But yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. Rutgers is good. Like Rutgers has been knocking on the door and 
Maybe the Curse <laughs> Brothers are what knocks them over yeah. the finish line. Right? Hopefully they can they, win those one goal games they seem to lose every year to Maryland and Ohio State. They can they can beat those teams this year. For sure. For sure. Uh, so obviously we neither one of us watched Marquette Denver. I, I was able to turn it on for a few minutes and, and caught a couple of uh, actually taught great timing and caught a couple of Marquette goals, which is awesome. But I will <laughs> say uh, score score surprising. Uh, I think Marquette Yeah losing I mean, by one is not a bad day. Do you think these early season woes are like going to continue for Denver? Or are they going to figure it out? I think Denver's fine. I mean, they're 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 coached by one of the best in the game. Mm-hmm. They they have a plan, and you know, Mac Brown has got to fill his pieces on offense. And I I like their defense. I do, I like that group on defense. Yeah, I mean, I game. don't I don't think the defense has been the problem. I mean, I've just expected a lot more offensive production. Out yeah, of this game. I mean. But they're different. Like they, I feel like the Duke offensive style is is very much in UVA. Well, UVA brought most mostly the same guys, but UVA runs a very, a very specific style. It's whatever. It's it's got some very rules and structure to it. Duke has the same type of thing, right? That's why you see Sowers sort of looking lost out there almost at times because it's not that he's lost. It's just they don't run things through X like everyone else does. Denver is a much more flow and it's like very specific, like it's very rhythmic almost. And it's, it's super creative, but I think that it presents more learning curves than some of the other ones. And so I think what makes them great is that when their offense is flowing, it is, is dynamic and literally unstoppable. Uh, but I also think it takes more time. So I'm not surprised to see that that sinking's taking a little bit of time to get together. Um, not to mention the practice cohorts that they were talking about at DU that they're running two practices and stuff like that. It's, it's just a totally different world. So, you know, they're, they're going to find their way through. And I think at the end of the year, Denver will fall into the, the group uh, that we're talking about. And I, I think this year, more than any other year, there's probably 12 teams that can compete for the final four weekend, you know? So mm-hmm. let's touch on uh, these last three games here. Loyola versus UVA. Uh, you know, obviously, oil hung around, and and I would say more know, than hung around. Like I thought they were in it and looked good. Yeah, I I, I thought they have indicated that they're a uh, good team, like not just a. Uh, uh, they're not. They deserve to be ranked in the top ten. They're mm-hmm. they're right there. I mean, I I would you know, I think Virginia is again one of the most talented teams, but like Loyola played as good, if not better. They just again that top end talent. They just didn't have enough and UVA's talent and one-on-one ability to beat their guys just kind of shine through. But I mean, I would like blink and Loyola would have an off ball screen pass wide open goal. It seemed like. I think the good thing about Loyola is that they clearly are not being driven by their one-on-one talent. They're driven mm-hmm. by a concept yeah. and that can prove to be useful um, down the road. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes it's, it's, you know, as we always say, right. It's, it's not the X's and O's, it's the Jimmy's and the Joe's, right? So it could be that this ends up being a problem for Loyola, but it could also be an asset. So yeah. um, the next game we saw was Navy Mount St. Mary's. I watched some of that. Hard to watch. It was so cold. It was like 20 degrees. The balls were getting thrown away. It, it was it was ugly. Uh, you know, props to both teams for gutting it out and playing, and, uh, and midshipmen got the W. Um and then Air Force Utah, I didn't see that game at all, but it went into overtime. I think rightfully so. It's it's two good good teams. Nice to see some West Coast lacrosse. Well, 
they're not on the West Coast, but you know, Western Mountain lacrosse. West, lacrosse. Yeah, and competing, it was it was great. So, mm. um, yeah, wraps up the first week. It was awesome. Any any takeaways from week one? I mean, I think oh. the biggest takeaways was um, like teams for the most part. You've seen like the the work in the off season and who's gotten together, who's got a game or two under their belt, kind of shine in this first week. Like game experience is huge for these teams right now. Um, I think like the talent. I've been super impressed with like again like these. I feel like every year, like you keep seeing stuff you've never seen. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It is. We're 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 literally faced with uh, some of the best lacrosse we'll see. And the great thing too is if you, I don't know if you noticed, but ESPN is going to air like something like 100, 120 boys games and 130 girls games. It's great. I mean, I've watched some girls lacrosse. I've been so Jones and Foreman has been super fun. Oh, and by the way, quick note on girls lacrosse: those girls are tough as nails. And they're full on cross checking each other at the college level, and just they just eat them with no pads. Yeah. It's like a mic drop. It's great. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's pretty impressive. And some of those girls can ball. They are really good. Um, so as we're moving on, let's talk about Matt Danowski. You know, he, he's, he was announced today. He and uh, Max Schmidt are both retiring from the PLL. Uh, you know, Donowski, obviously a big name in lacrosse. I think his dad's known a little bit more than him, but he's still pretty, pretty big. And, uh, you know, I, I think this is almost a year late. I, I feel like he, you know, he hung on. And, and you know what, to be honest, like, I can understand why. The PL got formed. It was exciting. It was new. Yeah. And so he was, like, pumped about it. But I think, you know, in reality, you know, he's – this is not surprising. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was super impactful with the game and an awesome player and a really good dude. And, you know, you hear nothing but good things about him as a coach as well. And, uh, it's he'll, it, I'm glad for him with getting out of pro lacrosse. He'll have more time to focus on coaching, and I think he'll end up being a, a, a great coach whenever he takes over a program one day. Um, you know, but let's get into this weekend's games. Let's, let's pick some more games and and see if we can get some some dubs here. Um, after going, yeah, after going one and five, I'm going to go ahead and stay out on this limb of being crazy. You know, I think uh, I think Penn State bounces back. Um, I think they're more competitive than they were against Rutgers. Not that they weren't competitive, right? Close game. But I think in terms of uh, just feeling like that's – like Maryland's a step up to me from Rutgers. So when I say more competitive, I mean like they look like a top. <laughs> I, think, I think it's more like Penn State looks like a top eight team. 
Um, but at the end of the day, they still lose uh, to Maryland 13-12. Mich- Michigan, they won 20-9. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, geez. Sorry, Wolverines. Yeah, well, maybe. Their facility is not that great out here. <laughs> I don't know. It is Friday. So I think it's on Big Ten Network. I, I read the article about it. I'm pretty sure it's Big Ten. So it sounds like sounds like you're making a purchase today. Right. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Another uh, a non non Big Ten school, ACC school. Back to the our, our love for Tobacco Road. Duke's playing Air Force, and uh, you know I don't. I think this game's only on our schedule because Air Force beat Duke last year. Uh, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, but I I don't think this is the one. I think Devils roll fourteen eleven. Yeah, it is. It's really good. And Sowers is only going to get better and score more points. <laughs> well, he's bigger than both of us combined, so that is not surprising. Uh, next game up, Syracuse, Virginia. You know, I think you and I have very different views on this. You're big You're big on the Cavs. I think Cavaliers are really good. Don't get me wrong. I, I think they're a top five team. I think they're probably final four weekend team. But I don't think Syracuse loses this game. I think Hughes bounces back. I think that Dordovic goes off. You know, Dordovic had three goals in the first five minutes, probably, or eight minutes against Army, and then was not to be heard from the rest of the game. He he had two or three pipes after that, so I'm not saying he didn't make some good plays. But um, I don't know. I just feel like Dordovic kind of puts back on put him back on his shoulders and says, "Hey, we're we're not losing this game." And Hughes wins 14-13 in overtime. Yeah, I think if you want to get technical, I think the part that poses a problem for UVA is that I think that Syracuse can beat that ride pretty regularly without a lot of issue. And I mean, Peter Durst basically an old who plays defense, you know, and he's a man, like he's humongous. I, I just I, – I think that that is a problem for UVA because I think they sort of relied on that ride and, and they're a little bit – they can be a little bit sloppy on offense because of the way they play, which is okay. Like they, they know that and they coach it that way. But I just think Hughes is going to be more disciplined on offense, more disciplined on defense. And while UVA will be able to score its goals, I just think that they won't get as many ride opportunities. And as a result, I think that that's why Hughes will win from a technical perspective. But, you know, you can ride the wagon just if it – if it veers off to the side, just, you know, I'll, I'll pick you up, okay? 
Um, let's move on to Ohio State to Rutgers, back to the Big Ten. You know, like I said earlier, Ohio State's built to win games by one goal. That's uh, why they let Hopkins hang around. I think they let Scar- the Scarlet Knights hang around because of that, and it's a close game, back and forth affair. But at the end of the day, Ohio State is clearly a high-level team. I think they're going to win 12-11. He's a beast. Yeah, Ter- Honestly, Fango reminds me of – what was the guy at Towson a couple years ago? Zach uh, Goodrich. Like, locked down D-Mitty, but a threat not in transition. Like, can do it all. You know, a little bit of a, a Nick Ocello or um, – yeah, Christian Zone. Yeah. You know, and yeah, they don't have the best drip, that's for sure. Sometimes simple is best, right? The old kiss, the old kiss method. Um, moving back to the ACC, Notre Dame takes on Bobby Moe. Uh, the Golden Domers are opening their season, you know, a good two weeks after everybody else has started, um, which is hilarious. But you know, I think I think Notre Dame is flying under the radar for the first time in like I don't know how long. Everyone's like, oh yeah, in Notre Dame. And I think that just suits uh, Kevin Corrigan and his group. And I think the Golden Dumbers are going to stick it to the Mo. which, by the way, Robert Morris is going to start the season probably 0-4, but they will have lost games to like four top 10 teams and played them all well. It's, yeah. Yeah. Depends Depends on the day. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the golden number is 12-9. The biggest transfer that Notre Dame has that's going to impact them is going to be Kyle Gallagher at the uh, face-off dot. He's just going to be – I mean, because him and Charlie Leonard gives you a one-two punch where you're just not going to lose more than you know 40%, 40% or so. Um, and I don't think Notre Dame's had a face-off guy like that in – I can't even remember how long. That's the other thing, too. And then the goalie situation, too, is good for them. Finally, you know, they've struggled to find a goalie since uh, – oh, shoot, what was the guy? Yeah, it might have been him. Yeah, Shane Doss. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> of course, he's a Jersey kid. But, you know, I think that's going to be big because they'll be strong up the middle, and uh, that's, that's always helpful. So, Let's finish up with uh, Michigan Hopkins. You know, we had to pick this game. I think we probably would have stayed away from it had uh, Hopkins Ohio State game closer. 
Yeah, but you had to pick it because the fun pick here is Michigan, right? Like Wolverines, you know, sort of played Maryland semi-close for a little while. Hopkins looked bad in their first game. You know, but the funny thing about this is, you know, the Hopkins got served a, a big old serving of humble pie. And I don't think at Homewood, I don't think that they it's not in Hopkins DNA to drop two in a row at Homewood like that. And so uh, I think the Hopkins comes back and they win the game 12-10. And I think Kershaw's well, actually it might be at Michigan, but. They just, I just don't think they're going to drop this game. I think they're going to find a way to come back. I think Curson plays well. I think DeSimone continues to to shine at uh, – is it? Yeah. Well, I think DeSimone's going to have another great day at, at, at attack. You know, he started off pretty strong, and I think that's a, a big move, smart move. And uh, so I, I got Hopkins 12-10. All right, there we go. I, 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 you know, I wouldn't be shocked if Michigan won this game. I will say that. I'm not going to pick them, but I would not be shocked. Um, yeah. Well, they got they they have good coaches. I mean, Milliman did great things at Cornell, and John Grant Jr. is um, yeah, he he can teach them a few things about lacrosse. Um, cool, man. Well, uh, it's been fun recording late at night. This is exciting. Maybe we should do this again. I don't know how I'm going to sleep now, but that's okay. It's only another issue. Um, any other thoughts for the people? Yeah, ESPN Plus, you can get a lot of games. A lot of games. You know, IL's got a IL's got a pretty good scoreboard and they always post the links to the, the web streams. So it's a pretty good pretty good way to, to go there. Um but yeah, if you like what you heard, check us out on Facebook and Twitter and all the social media stuff. Our Instagram handle is at 101 underscore LAX. It's at 101 Lacrosse on Facebook and Twitter. Like, review, subscribe, all those things. You know, make sure that uh, you know the podcast is getting to your to your feed. John, anything else? Awesome, dude. Well, it's been really good talking to you. And let's talk again next week. I will be going six and zero, baby. Next week. Peace out.